When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Afternoon, all. Welcome to your Thursday. Welcome to your lunch hour. If you're in your lunch hour, if you're in your trucks, wherever you are, great to have your company here for the next uh, three hours because three to four is Phoenix Nation with Ricardo putting in the big yards today. Um, and that is thanks to Oppo, the Phoenix Nation show, three till four. We're here 12 to three, and that's a big thanks to Gull. They fuel your mission all year round. They can fuel you right through your Christmas holiday drives as well. So get onto Gull.nz for your local distributor. Find one nice and handy, and they're right through the country as well. So thank you to them for joining us uh, each and every day, day the, the great people at Gull. Our phone number is 0800 150 811. Our text number, thank you to Temper Bedpost, is 8833. And remember, Temper and Bedpost, they got the range of mattresses. They're all adjustable, the bases, shape of your body, doesn't matter what shape you are. If it's my shape or something a hell of a lot better, Temper had got you covered. And they don't judge you. They don't judge you. Temper Bear Post provide us with the text machine, which is fantastic. On the show today, whew, good show today. Steve Williams, been chasing him for a couple of weeks, um, but he's been very busy. He's reassociated his uh, partnership with Adam Scott on somewhat of a part-time basis. He's carried for him the last two weeks over in Australia at the PGA and at the Australian Open, uh, 28th placing and a second placing. Um, so how did he find it? He's been... I think he finished with Adam Scott about 2017, and he's, he, he did a couple of extras after that. But I don't think he's caddied for about three years. So we have a chat to Steve about that new association, or the new old association, which is cool. Um, Kale Deherida, I th- I'm not sure how to say his surname, but geez, he's come up with something beautiful here. He's the founder of Volley Golf. Now, they're a New Zealand-based company that make golf balls. And it's a really interesting thing. They've built a robot. They've built a robot to test golf balls. And this is, I'm likening it to um, Rocket Lab, but in the golf 
scenario. You know, Rocket Lab down in Wairua, I think it is, down on the east coast there, and they launch satellites and stuff, and it's much more um, cost-efficient for people that want to launch stuff into space. This guy might have tricked onto something because golf is a huge industry around the world, and we, he's coming into studio at 2 o'clock to talk about um, this incredible Incredible story. I think it's fantastic. So something a bit different for you on a Tuesday. So that's uh, 2.15-ish, somewhere around there, or just after the 2 o'clock news, actually, as well. Um, we'll also have our, our usual things. Uh, we'll find out what's making news. We'll have the TRB odds update. We'll play Show Me The Money just after the 2.30 news. And the vault today is worth $400 TAB bonus bet, 400 our highest ever in the history of the universe on afternoons prize $400 bonus bet if you can unlock the vault now's a good opportunity between now and 240 go back and listen to all the questions on all the last vaults I think we're into our sixth day we've narrowed it down in fact I think we ran a promo that said we know it's cricket we know it's New Zealand Australia we know it's a one day international and we know it's between 2000 and 2010 that's what we know so do some study $400 $400 TRB bonus bet up for grabs. But Midday Madness, um, the David Warner thing doesn't go away, does it? Um, the Australian cricket captaincy, he said he wants to have a go at it again. They said we'll play it out in public, as I just spoke to Ricardo about it, and he doesn't want to air all the dirty laundry, so he's withdrawn it. David Warner and Steve Smith, have they done their time? Well, clearly Steve Smith has, because he's going to captain them in um, Pat Cummins' absence. Doesn't sit that well with me. Where does it sit with you? Have they done their time, or is life life? Is three years, three years, I think Steve Smith got three years, I can't remember off the top of my head. Should he be back captaining after what happened in South Africa? Interested in your thoughts on, is it long enough? Should David Warner get the opportunity? 0800 150 811. That is Midday Madness. Let's chat. Well, listen, buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. First cab off the rank, Mikey from Christchurch. G'day, Mikey. Oh, g'day, Staffy. How you doing? Good, buddy. Hey, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one, eh? I've, I've given this a bit of thought, and the one thing I can't get my head around is that you dip your ice cream in popcorn. <laughs> now, don't knock it till you try it. Uh, only at the movies. Only at the movies. Oh, you're, a, you're an instant cat, uh, Mark Stafford, that's for sure. <laughs> you think that's weird? I also put peanut butter on my vanilla ice cream at home on a regular oh, basis. Oh, stop it. Stop don't it. knock it till you try um, it. <laughs> yeah, old, uh, old Davey Dum Dum, eh? Davey mm. Warner. Um, I, this guy just loves going public with a lot of things. You know, with his believed slights and, and what have you. I, I don't think him and Steve Smith should be anywhere near a captaincy. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, leadership drives culture and the culture of the time. And it's been acknowledged by uh, the people who sort of delved into it that it was a horrible Aussie culture. Mm. Now, the slightly better, I think Pat Cummins seems like a very decent human being. I don't know what message this sends out also out to Pat Cummins that Mr. David Warner wants to be a captain. I mean, <laughs> is he not happy with what he's got there? Mm. Um so, no, I, I think life is life. They they earn good money as cricketers. Um, they should just con- put their head down and concentrate on their batting, especially Dave Warner needs to start doing that. Mm. Um, look, the inevitable book's going to come out where it's going to be a whingy wine fest about all this. Um, but, nah, for me, I don't think those guys should be anywhere near it. 
Yeah, fair enough too. Fair enough too. I think I'm siding with you. I think I'm siding. Don't want to show my hand too early, but I've got a couple of thoughts, but I'll save those. <laughs> nah, fair call. Cool. Hey, just a quick question yep. or something you can talk about later. Did you Were you at the conference this morning about the, uh, yeah, I was. the new chair or the... Yeah. Oh, well, I'd love to hear your thoughts later on in the show about that, hopefully. Yeah, well, we've got some um, audio cuts of it as well, but I asked a couple of questions and it um, wasn't an amazing press conference, but they did try and answer some questions, I feel like. And um, I guess I'll preface it by saying I think uh, just I thought that Dame Patsy really was an interesting appointment, having been in the press conference for about 45 minutes this morning. She seems like a pretty knowledgeable, tough rooster. So I'm, I'm quite pleased. Um, so expecting good things Awesome oh, hey, That's great Mark, uh, enjoy the show Cheers buddy, Thank thanks you. thanks, Mikey um, Let's go to Cliff from Dunedin G'day Cliff G'day Staff, how are you doing? Good thanks Cliff Yeah, um, you just you just went and you brought in the business with uh, with Patsy Reddy and the changes in, uh, in the NZR uh, I, I, Look, I'm uh, I'm not really sure about the the appointment. Look, she's been on the on the council for a, the board for a short term. Yep. She's had a lot go on. She's she the the government have made a lot of her since she's retired uh, resi- retired from the uh, governor general's job. She's been given a few more titles. The guy that she replaced, he'd only been in the job for about eighteen months, and I'm wondering if he was too much of a follower of where we were going with the regards to the appointment of our next coach. He came out of the Canterbury Rugby Unit. He was the Crusaders chief. Now, maybe he was uh, pushing for uh, Razor, and maybe there was a strong push against Razor by the rest. And maybe he found that it was his, he had to go. And maybe he just didn't find himself in a, in a, a situation where he had to stay on that board. And maybe Patsy Reddy was an easy option. Well, look, she's a governor general. She was. We'll put her in there in that position. They've given her two associates, Farah Palmer and the other chap who's... Uh, Bailey Mackey. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a guy who's got some um, other stuff he's done. Um, and the way they portrayed that, uh, it's, it's interesting as well. Now... I, I looked at the board before this, you know, going back a year ago, I think I might have talked to you about it, and I thought that was a wee bit underwhelming in rugby terms. Mm. And I, I think it looks more underwhelming in rugby terms now. I don't mean it has to be old white old white guys sitting there with, you know, bald heads with ties on. <laughs> we don't, you know, but, but to me, it looks like it's been cleansed again. Mm. Um, and it... it I'm just wondering where it's going. You know, we need some. You need people who have got a rugby mana in there somewhere, mm. and it doesn't look too much to me that, that it's it is there. Mm. Going I, on, I, yeah, I think you're probably along with me. I'd like to see someone like Richie McCaw or Tana Umanga or Ian Jones or, or Zinzan Brock or you know, someone like that that's played at the golf course. Now, Mark Robinson is a former All Black, I know, but I know what you're saying. Just to cover off a couple of things, though, Patsy really didn't profess to know. She admitted she didn't know anything about high performance. She's been a rugby fan her whole life. Um, but in Dr. Farah Palmer, or she's Professor Farah Palmer now, and... Uh, <laughs> 
amazing rugby pedigree. Bailey Mackey has roots into East Coast rugby, very strong roots in, in divisional and heartland rugby, which I think is a strong point. And the last thing I'll say about Dame Patsy is she came into the room and she walked around and introduced herself before the cameras rolled or mics were turned on to everyone in the room because she said, I haven't met any of you people before, so hi, I'm Patsy Reddy. And she shook hands with everyone. So very good first impression. Yeah, well, she would be known. Everyone would know who she was. Mm. Um, but like you say, the just just an interesting where it's going. To me, someone like Richie McCaw, he was brought into that board or that associate thing regarding the money that they got. He's yeah. he's involved in that side. But Richie McCaw certainly would have been, or someone like that, sitting on the board now as a rugby man would be nice to see. Mm. I'm not, not knocking the guy you just talked about who was with the East Coast Union, but I look, to me, it is a rugby union. It's not, it's not a government agency, mm. not yet. Uh, but it's it's starting to look a bit like one, yeah, and I, I might be a bit of a conspiracy theory that it's that it's rolling away from what it was to mm. what someone might be hoping it it does come. Mm. Regard, regarding Warner, I don't like the guy. Steve Smith, look, he he made a mistake, and, and he, look, he might have another mistake in him. But to me, I think he looks more like a captain than than the bowler, or oh, what's his name, um, Cummings, and. I think I think Australian rugby, Australian cricket is suffering from no Warney because Warney was a guy who said it what what it was and people listened. And I don't think there's too many guys around the Australian cricket like Warney who actually talked the talk mm. and walked it. And, and that's what they're missing. Yeah, I don't think they've got a natural leader, have they? They, they? And even when Tim Payne was there, he wasn't a natural leader. There's not a self-selecting captain, so he's he's clearly the next captain. And, and again, I don't want to take away from Pat Cummins. I think he's a fine, world-class bowler. I don't know if he's a fine, world-class captain. And I say that not knowing anything about him, but sometimes captains pick themselves, and I don't think Aussie's got one of those in their, in their midst at the moment. Well, they had border then on Taylor, yes. then on Steve War, yep. then on Ponting. Yep. Just rolled. And and they're all class players and they're all good captains. Yeah. But there isn't anybody there. And look, you know, they'll find the guy. He'll he'll turn up. Mm. Good stuff, Cliff. Always love hey, chatting good. to you, buddy. Cheers, good on you, buddy. Enjoy your day. Uh Troy. Good day, Troy. Happy morning, mate. How are you? Good thanks, Troy. Um just on the Aussies our cricket scenario, mate. But those guys have been given a lifeline. You know, they got to play cricket again after a 12-month ban, and that, that should be enough for me. Mm. Um, reading reading Warner's statement this morning, you know, furious over the leadership ban, I feel uh, like, come on, mate. <laughs> you you altered the... I have no sympathy for you, right? You altered the course of a game. You blatantly cheated along with your mates, um, and you've been given a lifeline to play cricket again. Yeah. Play cricket. You should not. You know, Smith shouldn't be the captain. I think it's a disgrace, in my opinion. Um, and I asked myself how I would feel if it was, you know, a Kane Williamson and a McCullum that had been, and I would feel the same way. Mm. You'd been given a chance to come back and play cricket, um, and that's enough. Just get on with it. Yeah. You know, Just play and I think shut up. All that's, oh, I think that's all that sucky la la crybaby shit, mate. It actually makes me sick. Mm. 
Yeah, so, I, I agree. They, uh, got, they got their lifeline being allowed to wear the baggy green again. That, that should be enough, it. and they should that's be it. grateful. That's enough. Mm. I mean, what, what, why, would, why would you want to be the captain again? It's like you're not going to be remembered for being the captain of Australia cricket, mate. You're remembered for being a cheat. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't so, put it any better. Yeah, you're bang on. Yeah. Might be ruthless, but that's the way I feel. Thanks, Danny. Good on you, buddy. Good on you, buddy. Um, Troy there. Um, just trying to see who's next. This Dave, is it? Sammy? Dave. G'day, Dave. G'day, Sammy. Hey, look, um, I've got two sides to this. Look, those guys, they cheated. They went, They got their band. They went and earned crap loads of money while they were on the band playing, you know, private tournaments. Yes. Um, you know, he bawled his eyes out. Sorry, Dad. What happened to the young guy? We see what happened to his career. They ruined his career. Yeah. But the other side of it is, it's quite good you're doing because it just epitomises Australian cricket. Like you said, they don't, the captains don't pick themselves, but geez, they're good at sacking themselves, aren't they? They are brilliant at sacking themselves. You know, if it's not photos, just photos or sandpaper or underarm bowls, they just they just keep giving. Great for you guys, but um, yeah, <laughs> let them. But on another side, look, this is a bit serious. That Bali bomber got 20 years. He got out today after 10 years. Mm-hmm. Look what he did compared to what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the other side of the thing, you know, in the real world. Um, with, the, with the rugby union, you know, I hope this lady is good and I hope she's the best person for the job at the end of the day. And it's not sort of, I know people won't like this, a woke appointment because of the... You know, we're caught up in the Women's World Cup, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I just hope we've got the right people. You know, I think of like a Ken Label, and why isn't someone like him there? Oh, Perfect person. You he'd know? be fantastic. You know? Yeah. Absolutely fantastic, Steffi. You know, you wouldn't even have to interview him. You just know. Yeah. He's the, you know, you, I, I don't know, you know, and people won't like it yet. So it'll be interesting, but yeah, let Warner and Steve Smith go. They'll think they'll sink themselves again. And when they finish their career, Steffi, they're going to make a crap load of money doing their books, aren't they? Of course this they is are. what happened. Of course they are. Yeah. And then, geez, they're just greedy, greedy, greedy. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Good on you, Dave. <laughs> Drive safe, buddy. See you, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. One more before the break. We'll go to Joey. G'day, Joey. Yeah, g'day, Steph. Just uh, Mark Robinson um, on that. You know, it's just... Uh, he in a Batman movie and he's a riddler you know because he talks and he, mate he just you know he, he talks and riddles them. He, he should be a politician yeah. he should be either he should, he should be for, for um, national or labour because he'd make a good politician yeah he would so that's what they do you know and, and you know the thing that gets me Steph is all they have to do is say okay at the end of the day Robinson's got to be the uh, Robinson's got to be the coach after the World Cup. Um, if we win the World Cup, we may have to look at, at Foster if he wants to keep going. If we win the World Cup, we have to win it. Um, other than that, um, Robinson's got to get the job, and um, it's a no-brainer. He just said it's a no-brainer when he said, "Oh, there's five million people saying that this guy should get the job." Well, what's that telling you as a board? And as a CEO, what's that telling you? Mm. That's telling you that the people that love rugby in New Zealand and pay for the all the, the you know put a lot of money into it for the players and that so they can get paid and everything um, are telling you that Robertson's CV uh, um, is the best out of the whole lot of them, and he should get the job. And and, and then we just move on. If he turned around and just said, yeah, okay, that's what's going to happen. We've decided that this will happen. Um, 
everyone will be happy and go, oh, that's fine. Well, we know that the guy that needs to get the job is the guy that's got the best CV by a country mile and should be the All Black coach. Mm. No brainer. No so, brainer, no, Joe. They're, they're talking riddles again, Steph. You oh, know? I know. I mean, you know, what do you do? It, it, just, it just frustrates me. It must frustrate a lot of people, too. Mm. You know, and include yourself on that. that they, don't, they don't, won't come out and say it. Oh, well, you know, we need to um, go through a process and everything. The process is already bloody gone, you know, for crying out loud. We know who's the best coach in New Zealand. He's got a CV to prove it. Mm. Hello. Yeah. You know? Good stuff, Joey. Good man. Enjoy your day. Joey from Auckland there. Um, we'll take a break. On the other side, I went to the press conference and I and Mark Robinson in his opening address said that they were across the... They knew that there was pressure and they knew they have to make appointments, but they're happy with that, where they're at, but they're not in a place to um, tell us more. So I question him about tell us more, and these are the reasons why, but I'll play you that little clip after the break. Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, right, so earlier I did go along to the uh, New Zealand Rugby press conference. Mark Robinson and Dane Patsy Reddy, the new chair, were in attendance, and Mark Robinson opened up with uh, the financial statements, and he did address the coaching situation, saying... Um, they were aware there was a lot of talk and he sympathised with Wales and England having to make this call, etc. But they were happy with where they were at. So I followed up with a question and I just said, what's the timeline? Um, there's so much speculation. Are you prepared to give us a timeline when a decision will be made by to, to end all that speculation? And this was his response. Oh, I think... I think Patsy is touching on know I've, I've already said. Um, you know, we'll, we'll communicate um, as soon as we're, we're ready um, and as soon as we think it's... Um, the right thing to do so. Um, but I think we are also signalling that we're aware of the issues that have been touched on and, and raised. They're being raised elsewhere, obviously, um, in media speculation. Um, and and when we're ready to, I guess, communicate and articulate a timeline, if we think that's appropriate, we will. Um, so no, no, no definitive timeline at the moment. Really wanted a timeline because we just left to speculate. Um, and if you take him on his word, they're across everything. So... We will just wait and see. We'll continue in our holding pattern. Also, one of the Junos asked him about uh, Warren Gatlin's comments yesterday saying that Scott Robertson was the no-brainer, needs to get the appointment. Uh, here's what Mark Robinson replied to about that inquiry. Oh, well, he's one of five million people that's got an opinion on this, isn't he? So, I mean, that's, you know, we, we get lots of good advice in this area, Mark. So, uh, and we, we certainly... Um, you know, as an exec and a board, we um, had a good discussion yesterday, as Patsy has touched on. So um, we, we acknowledge the environment, as I've already said. Um, we acknowledge it's changing and moving um, uh, quickly, and we're having lots of constructive you know, conversations as a result of that. So they're doing lots of talking about lots of things, and they're across it all. Um, oh, actually, Steph, if I may just interrupt there, I'd like to make an announcement mm. um, that I will be making an announcement uh, when I'm ready. To make um, that announcement. And the announcement will be about an announcement. Um, and we're, I'm aware that you want me to make an announcement, Steph, and it will be made when I'm ready to announce it. Good. Um, got, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Perfect. Yeah, I'm glad to clarify that because a lot of people were speculating. So I just had to mm-hmm. make that crystal clear for you. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, did fr- I haven't got the question there, but I did frame the question and I said, um, like New Zealand viewers, listeners and readers are speculating. 
and to stop that speculating, can you give us anything definitive? And and that's that's that was the answer. I don't so, know why they can't. Like this isn't. We're not talking about government secrets here, Steph. Can we not get a hey? Look, we're we're looking into the coaching structure, and um, can you might even say we've spoken to X Y Z, and we've spoken to you know Z Y whatever, and um, you know once we work through the contract negotiations or once we finalise it, we can be there. But just saying that, oh, we're working through it. What yeah. does that What does that mean? And we what had really mean? good discussions yesterday. What does that mean? What did you talk about? Like, has Razor been contacted? Yeah. Have you spoken with Razor? Mm. You know. Oh, yeah, it's it's quite frustrating as a fan, isn't it? It is frustrating as a fan. Sorry, Zaid, we're going to keep you on hold just for a couple more minutes, uh, Life Member Champion, because we're going to go New Sport and Weather. We'll be back with Zaid. And Sammy is under the spotlight after that. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Sorry to keep you on hold. I know you're the life member, Zaid, so you know how it works. Sometimes you're the chairman of our board, so we've kept you waiting. Uh, but you're on now. G'day, Zaid. Hi, I'm uh, 19 today. Happy birthday, you little champion. Cheers. Oh, everybody, text in happy birthday to Zaid. He'll be listening for the next two and a half hours, so we'll read them all out to Zaid. Oh, tremendous. And, um... Uh, the, the birthday present I'm looking for this weekend is Paddy Pimlet to get a finish. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I want this weekend. What about his fight on Monday? Pardon? You know he's got a fight on. He's fighting on on Sunday, uh, New Zealand time, then he's fighting again Tuesday. Did you hear about that? Oh, is, he fighting, is he fighting that dickhead, Jake Paul? Yes. Oh, yeah. Is it a wrestling fight? I'm not sure what the rules are, but if he beats Paul, uh, Paul has to give him a million dollars. Well, we'll see if that's not fixed, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Go, Paddy Pimblet. <laughs> Hate Jake Paul, so yeah, hopefully he gets hammered. And I think um, I think Blakovich is going to struggle with Madalev Ankalaev. He's on a nine-fight win streak, so I think um, I think Ankalaev might be winning in that main in the main fight there. And um, on David Warner, once a cheat, always a cheat. That's all I'm saying. And Steve Smithy a cheat as well. Once you mess with sandpaper, you know you're always going to be known for it. Yeah, it's too hard. You're in the media, you're in the spotlight, you know, and that's what that's what happens when you're a professional athlete and you get caught for cheating, you know. Mm. So, that's my thing on it. Yeah. Good man, Zade. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for waiting Thank too, and have a tremendous happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. Good on you, mate. Zade's birthday, everyone. Zade's birthday. A um, couple of text messages. Uh, what more do the Aussie team have to do, Staffy? They win. You and I could captain them. There is. They are that good. Go away, Warner. Should never be captain. Smith just needs to grow a couple of... Uh, a couple of... Okay, I'm not sure. And be a strong leader. Rugby CEO, Robinson, make a decision, re-raiser. If they don't sign raiser, they should all resign. Honey. Tokomaru Bay. Kia ora, Hone. Good to hear from you. Uh, Staffy, those two Aussie cheats shouldn't be playing at all, mate. The Bucks should, uh, Buck should be on the board. Razor should be coach. And Rocket Lab is on the mighty Mahia Peninsula. Cheers, Marshy, and the Hawks Bay. Cheers, Marshy. Regarding Razor, likely non-disclosure agreement in place. New Zealand Rugby probably can't talk details. That's true, but tell us that. Tell us there's a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, Staffy, uh, Razor should be coach, but how can you name him publicly before Foster has the chance to win the World Cup? That's just undue pressure on Foster, who is already struggling. Correct, PJ. But the, again, they could tell us that. They could tell us 
we're not going to do it because these are the reasons. Staffy, the old phrase of it's just not cricket is still around because that institution is one of the last bastions of upholding the rules of engagement. David Warner's aspirations of captaincy flies in the face of every other player who upholds the moral code of any sport. He constructed and instigated on-field cheating. That's not cricket. Kimberly. Text of the day, Kimberly. Wish there was a prize. Champion. Great text. Um, happy birthday, Zaid from Ken. There you go. There's the first one. Good afternoon, Mark or Staff or Staffy. Do you have a preference? My preference is Staff. That's what I've always been. But um, the Australians preferred it to be Staffy because, you know, they're, they're King O and Smithy and Watto and Waddy. And yeah, so Staffy it is uh, for the show. After listening to your ice cream popcorn combo, which I might try, I thought I'd let you know my family think I'm crazy dipping my fries in my Sunday, But it's so good. Similar scenario. Similar Wasn't scenario. there a viral video on the States of a lady in the stands dipping her fried chicken into her soda? Ooh, I, yeah. I wouldn't do that. She's dipping it into a Coca-Cola. That's just moisture. Yeah. Um, should we try and race some money, Sam? Sure. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. And we are flying in Season 2. Not for um, the Harness. Yeah, but it's all about but, to change. But, but, but we won last week. I know. Yeah, we won last week, so we we bumped up the total. We bumped up the total. We're a little bit a little bit behind the rest, but uh, you know we come from behind as we do. Um, Friday, Auckland. Oh, is this harness? Yes. Okay, sorry. Click racing staff racing right, and that is tomorrow. Harness, Alex Park. Yes, race number one. Race one. Yep. 5.44, race mm. one. You're going early. Oh, yeah. it's a handicap it trot. Way, I reckon. You know the handicap trot's my speciality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just scrolling through to see if any of them stand out for me. Oh, there's one stand out for me. I hope you've taken this. Oh, I hope you've taken this. Oh, dear. Super Fast Ninja. No, but great name. Mm. What's the What's the draw on that? Uh, so it's off the 20 metre mark. So there's uh, th- one, two, three, four off 10. And Super Fast Ninja off 20, everyone else off the front. Super Fast Ninja. That's that, that's the sort of name of a horse that I can get behind, to be honest. True story. Yeah. Um, no, I'm thinking somebody else. I'm thinking someone who's got form uh, that's been very consistent recently. Faith in Manchester. Going to be rewarded uh, for trainer driver. Oh, trainer driver, Derek Ball, no. Trainer driver, Royden Downey, no. Should be good money. Uh, gosh, it must be one of those two. Who is it? Nah, Del Shannon. Del Shannon. Nikki. Is it Chilcott? Oh, Nikki Chilcott. She trains. Is she not right? Is she not driving? Um, which horse? Del Shannon. Oh, Del Shannon. Nikki Chilcott trains, David Butcher drives. Okay, so not she's not driving, but that's okay. I'm that, still happy to that, back it. That's actually my second pick. Okay, there you go. I'll take it. Is it do you don't have odds yet, do we? Uh, no, we don't. Um, it's off the unruly, so hasn't got the best behaviour, but steps that's away, fine. big chance. Big that's chance. fine. Don't mind it. I'll take it. Um, as long as we, as long as it pays like what, three or four bucks, I yeah, think we'll I think it will. We'll catch the rest. Um, I'm more excited about this one though. It's the great Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run. Yes, well, Greyhound 
Greyhound Investments uh, is your sweet spot. Of course, we are raising funds for Butterbean Motivation, the great man Dave Latelli, who just paid off his student loan the other day. Hey, yeah, boy, yeah, Dave. Boy. That boy, Dave. That's a good feeling. Not yeah. that I know it, but uh, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, what day? We're, we're crushing the Greyhound oh, no, racing scene at the moment. Um, tomorrow as well. Tomorrow yep. as well. Race one. Oh, geez, you love your race ones. Race oh, one and Palmy. Please be when we're on air. Oh, it definitely will be. 3.42. Race four, uh, race one, Palmy. Oh, we have a crossover to oh, cross can, the ditch, we can try and bin that. Okay. Race one, the TAB Racing Mega Multi Buster. It's a class one dog race. Now, you're very good at these. Um, you do, you've seemed to have steered away from the squeeze boxes now, which I'm very happy. Please don't tell me you've taken number five. No. Good, because that's a vacant box. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favourites, but no. Yeah. Um, which one? Uh, number three. Thrilling Flurry. That's the one. It's hard to say. It is actually. Thrilling Flurry. <laughs> it's thrilling, very hard thrill, to say. Thrilling Flurry. Poor commentator. Um, Four seconds in its last five starts, Sam. Yeah, but see, that's what I like. I like it just getting getting podiums, getting results, but then just easing its way. Like, it can only go up. It's you know what I mean? ease its way in. It's going to ease its way down the straight, okay? Ease its way into first place. So, <laughs> thrilling, flurry, palmy Friday. We're on it. We'll take it, and we'll take the money. Thanks, mate. Thrilling, flurry. I, I cannot say that fast. Thrilling, f- but thrilling, l- thrilling, yeah. thrilling, 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 flurry. All right, just thrilling flurry. Yeah, no, I can't do it. Can um, Captain K have a go, please? Captain K, could you please say thrilling flurry? Thrilling flurry. Oh, Ooh. he's got good intonation. Thrilling then. flurry. Oh, he's got thrilling. Thrilling. it. Nah. <laughs> trying to do, trying flurry. to do it fast. Thrilling flurry. Yeah, thrilling. Now, I tell you, I could do it. Thrilling flurry. Yeah, yeah, thrilling, thrilling. We're going to come back very shortly with Dan Roberts, but just before we do, I just wanted to. That text there from Brian that says um, about me, I love the naivety. NZR don't have to be upfront and transparent to us. We're only the fans. Oh, I mean, that we could be here all afternoon talking about that. But that's something that I think is very, very misrepresented when people talk about New Zealand rugby staff because it's not it's not a public company, NZR, is it? So that in a way, the stakeholders are the fans. We are the game. We say the professional game is for the fans. If you don't want... Or if, you, if you're not going to have money to pay players, you're not going to have big competitions and stadiums to sell, etc. without the fans. If mm. not, you're just going to be playing club rugby on a Saturday. We are the stakeholders. We're the ones who buy the tickets. We're the ones who buy the Sky subscriptions. We're the ones that buy the jerseys. We go to the Rugby World Cups. We go to the media events. We do all that stuff. That That is the fans that give New Zealand rugby that brand. So in a way, I think they are answerable to us, Steph, in a way. No, they're not like politicians. Don't have to tell us you know? everything, but give us Correct. something. Yeah, and I think we're otherwise... Why would you show up to to you know to the game if you, if you feel like the organisation's letting you down? Mm. You know what I mean. That's how you vote in a way. You just mm. don't show up. Don't show up. Don't show up. Could go on about that all afternoon. Could go. We? Could go. Keep your texts coming. Double eight double three temper beer post text machine. We'll take a break on the other side. We're going to catch up with one of the co-hosts of Dog Speed, which is on Sundays. Dan Roberts after the break. He's the co-host of Dog Speed. It's on Sundays, and it's a good we listen, actually, with Dan Roberts and Rosso. But we've got the younger of the two. Dan Roberts joins us. G'day, Dan. G'day, Steph. How you going? Good, mate. How, how much do you enjoy Dog Speed? I really enjoy listening to it on a Sunday. 
Yeah, no, I love it, actually. I'm very thankful for the opportunity to get to uh, be a co-host, and uh, it's always a pleasure working with uh, Rosso the legend. <laughs> he is. He is. He's been around Greyhounds forever, that man. Um, now, the reason we've got you on, we're, just, we're going straight to tips, mate, because we've got Addington today. We've got um, some good races on Sunday in Invercargill. But let's hit Addington. Have you got any standouts for us uh, at Addington? Yeah, I had a I had a quick look through it, and I thought there was a couple that stood out, and we can kick things off nice and early because I reckon I found one in race one. Uh, Yuri bailed. He comes up with the red rug, and uh, sort of a it's a wee bit of a drop back in class, and he and he's got the ideal draw, so I thought he would be hard to beat. Uh, there's a dog in there that's been specked all the way in from three twenty to a dollar eighty, so. Someone knows something I don't, but I thought Yuri Bale was a good chance there. When, when you're talking about dropping back in class, just to explain that. Is it if you don't run a placing in a certain amount of races, or what What drops you, puts you up a class or back a class? So you immediately go up a class if you win a race, and then to drop back down a grade, you just have to finish outside of the top three, uh, yeah, top three, three races in a row. And how much discrepancy, because... Quite often, when the the dogs are walking around to the boxes, they say this is a you know this is down a grade now, and they come out and win. Is is there a marked difference between a class two and a class three and a class four? Yeah, there definitely is. It, it's sort of the higher grades you go, they tend to have a bit more early pace and things like that. So sometimes you get a dog say coming out of uh, C four or five and dropping back to C three. It's, it's a little bit easier for them early. So. Uh, and dogs like that that have been all the way up there, if they get on the bunny, they, uh, they're pretty hard to beat usually. Mm. All right, race one, Yuri Bale. Anything else at Addington? Yeah, there was another one. I can't remember what race. It was maybe four. Uh, it's box 10 and comes into box one with a scratching. Uh, Regal Birdie, it's called. It's saying 240. I thought it was going to be awfully hard to beat today as well. Nice. Let's have a look at Invercargill. It's a monster program. 16 races, thank you very much. And a couple of Group 2 heats. What are the features down there? Uh, yeah, well, I think it's the Far South Challenge, which is a Group 2, which is uh, quite a good wee lineup. We've got uh, some, some Cup contenders and even the Cup winner going down there to contest those heats. They've only got two heats, but uh, that's probably pretty standard considering uh, there's no North Island trainers or anything coming down. But I par with superstars going to go around in one of those heats and, and a few other New Zealand Cup contenders. So it's going to be a pretty good series and uh, the final is going to look like it's going to be an awfully good one. So do lots of Christchurch dogs go down to Invercargill for something that important? Yeah, it's a 20k final and uh, there's a few $15,000 feature races uh, on finals as well for the stayers and the sprinters. So yeah, definitely attracts a lot of attention from uh, the Canterbury trainers. Brilliant. And being a Thursday, have you done any planning for dog speed on Sunday or do you leave that to the master, Rosso? <laughs> well, I leave a lot of it to Rosso, but we don't usually confer with each other till uh, Saturday morning once the week's sort of wrapped up. So, no, not a lot of planning done just yet. All right, mate. Well, it is a good listen and it's good to have you part of the SENZ stable with Rosso on dog speed on Sundays, I'm going to keep my eye on Yuri Bale and Regal Birdie and, um, and definitely have a look out on... Uh, on Invercargill, so probably on your Sunday show, you'll, you'll tip out a few for Invercargill as well, so people need to listen to that show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I like a few down there, but I'll keep them uh, close to my chest and make sure people tune in on Sunday for them. <laughs> Jeez, you're learning this game quickly, Dan Roberts. <laughs> there he is. Good on you, buddy. Good to chat to you. Have a cool day. You too. Thanks, mate. Uh, as mentioned earlier on, well, Zade rang up and said, 
I'm 19 today, so it's Zade's 19th birthday. Here we go, Zade. Happy birthday, Zade, the number one Blues fan. If you come down next season to watch your mighty Blues get crushed at Champions Stadium in Christchurch, I'll shout you a drink. That's from PJ. From Mark, happy birthday, Zade. You saved me a call about Warner and Smith. They're cheats. Once a cheat, always a cheat. Happy birthday to New Zealand's biggest Blues fan, Zade. That's from Dave. Uh, this is from Waddy. Happy birthday, Zade. Go the mighty Blues. Oh, Zade, look at you go. You got more birthday shout-outs than me. <laughs> you deserve it, though, buddy. You do deserve it. And lots of text messages as well, which I will get to after the news, the sport and the weather. In the next hour, we're going to be catching up with Steve Williams, who's returned to caddying for Adam Scott. And he's also, he loves his speedway as well, Steve Williams. So we'll chuck a little bit of that in as well. Good to have your company here on Afternoons with Staffy in association with Gull. We will be back after the news. Music, one o'clock as you ease, you just ease your way back into the music, into your afternoon. Uh, welcome to the one o'clock lunch club now. Uh, the 12 o'clocks are back at work. You've taken over the cafeteria, enjoying your egg and chives and a little bit of salad dressing mixed together, margarine or butter, white bread or Molenberg, away you go. Um, some text messages just to clean up from that first hour. Oh my God, Mark Robinson could talk the gate off its hinges without saying anything worth listening to. Always has. Cheers, Mark from Christchurch. Is the NZRU modelling their image the same as Yes Minister? Is Mark Robinson Humphrey? <laughs> I've never watched Yes Minister, but even though I've never watched the programme, I feel like I know what you're talking about, Dave. I do feel like I know what I'm talking about. Um, Brian texted to Sam saying he was just being sarcastic about the fans. Just being sarcastic. Um, James, I don't know if you want me to read this out, James. I don't know if you want me to read it out. So you don't say don't, so I will. Staff, race seven, number six at Alex Park tomorrow night. Look it up. You know you'll be excited. So I'm reckoning that the horse is called Manhattan. That's my guess. Lads will be up in Auckland on the 16th to see her run around in the Group $100,000 mares race, James West Melton. If it's Manhattan, I'm on. I'm on. It's probably going to only pay about four bucks, but I'm on. I'm with you, James. I feel like a part owner, James. Uh, Staff, big problem with Razor. He will only work with his selection of coaches. So count out Schmidt, Joseph, Brown, McMillan, O'Gara, if that was ever a possibility. So who's left? Leon and Jason Ryan. Maybe, maybe which none have overseas experience. So it's Schmidt if he wants it. Um, as I've said, this group of coaches. Thank you, Ken. Um, speaking of birthdays, I handed my grandfather his 80th birthday card. And he said with a tear in his eye, one would have been enough. <laughs> and finally, from Hamish Staff, do you think that the vault will go today? $400 TAB bonus bet is up for grabs. If you can unlock the vault today, you get three questions. But there's been a whole host asked 
in previous days. So Hamish, to answer your question, do I think the vault will go today? My answer is no. But I'm happy to be proved wrong. I'm happy to be proved wrong. $400 TRB bonus bet up for grabs. That'll be in about an hour and a half. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. The lines will fill up. Um, It's Thursday. And what do we do on a Thursday? Is it Thursday? Yeah, it's Thursday. That's why Sam has left the booth. He's left Captain K in charge of the hot box. And he's coming to the studio resplendent in his paddle pop pink hat um, to tell me, Staff, here's what you need to watch this weekend. Thanks to uh, Spark Sport, Staff. Um, yeah, White Ferns. <laughs> I'm just trying to work out where to start. White Ferns. Let's start with some White Ferns cricket because uh, they've wrapped up the the, uh, the T20s uh, against the uh, the Bangladesh, yes. and uh, the first ODI is on Sunday. Wow. Um, yeah, White Ferns ODI, which is great. It's good to see them. You know, not always do you see the White Ferns playing the, the different formats in, in a single series, so it's good to see them yep. um, transitioning straight from the T20s to the ODI. So first ODI from Sunday, and I think coverage on Sparks starts at 10.30, so I'm going to assume it's just a... 11 o'clock start. Yeah, just a one. It's <clears> not a day-nighter. It's just um, throughout the day. Um, and I think it's in... No, Wellington? I think it's at the Basin. Is it? I think it's at the Basin. Oh, if it's at the Basin. I that's... think it's at the Basin. Are they all at the basin? I'm trying to think if they're all at the basin. I'm going to have a quick squiz for you, Sam. I'm, I'm yeah, here for you. you. you, you have a, I think Sunday, I think the first game's definitely at the basin. I don't know if the rest are at the basin. Um, but um, I think the, the big highlight probably for, for Spark outside of the White Fins this weekend is, is just all the NBA they've got on staff. So um, if you want to turn and watch some NBA uh, tip-off in 23 minutes, the Toronto Raptors and the LA Lakers. Um, Kez, where are the Raptors sitting on the uh, on the table at the moment? Actually, where are the Lakers sitting at the t- on the, mo- at, the <laughs> at the moment? It's just questions for everyone. Be- 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 because, well, you know, the Lakers and LeBron and Russell Westbrook, how are they doing? He's just he's just going over. I to just the thought other he because he's a big NBA fan. I thought he might not. Lakers thirteenth. Lakers are thirteenth. Lakers are thirteenth. What about the Raptors? Where are the Raptors sitting? I think the Raptors are about seventeenth. Okay, so they're eighth in the East. Eighth in the East. <laughs> yeah, okay. but seventy. But, but, yeah, but yeah, like no you're doubt. watching for the LeBron factor, aren't you? And the mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook factor. Um, so that's today at one thirty. Um, tomorrow we've got San Antonio going against the Houston Rockets. Uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon, New Orleans uh, Pelicans going up against the Phoenix Suns. Are the Phoenix Suns still leading the comp at the moment, along with the Celtics? Yeah, them and Celts one yeah, and two. Are. I know that for a fact. Um, and then on Sunday we've got the Pacers and the Brooklyn Nets. So lots of NBA over the weekend. And we actually got a late Sunday game too with the hapless Trailblazers and the Timber- the Timberwolves. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! Okay, <laughs> walked out. Is, is gone. I've lost them for the day. Um, and then other American sports staff NFL on Monday, which is you know we've always got to talk about the NFL. Uh, your Bills. Yep. Against the Jets. Let's go. Uh, Monday morning, 7 a.m. Have the Bills bounced back? Because they started strong, didn't they? They started strong. I think they've, they've only dropped two or three. Okay, so still still up there. Yeah, still, still up le- there. Still leading. The uh, the, the um, divisions are very close this year, actually, because no teams really, apart from the Eagles, who, who did sort of go on a tear, everyone's sort of quite close. Like, the Buccaneers are, I think, first in the NFC South or whatever it is with six and six. Yeah. You know, which is just weird for a team to be first with a fifty percent win rate. Um so we've got the Bills, Jets Monday morning, we've got Bengals, Browns, Broncos, Chiefs, too. And uh just to round off your sporting weekend, I know you're a big boxing fan. Massive. And Spark does uh, sort of carry a lot of these, you know, um not 
world titles, but good um, but, fighters, but, but good fighters and ones that are probably going to be for the future. So the w, this one actually is a world fight. It's a the WBO World Welterweight title, and it's Crawford v. I want to say Avesian. Is that Terence Crawford? Um, oh, it must be. Look, it's cut off for me here. It's cut off for me. Oh, it's, our printer cuts off words. Right on the right-hand side against David Avizian, but that is the world welterweight title fight, and that is on Sunday at 3 p.m. on Sparksport. So, uh, yeah, look, you, that's going to keep you busy, Steph, over the weekend. It is. That'll keep you very busy. Um, now, you're asking about the venues for New Zealand against Bangladesh. Yeah. What I can say is the first one is at the Basin Reserve, and what I will say is the second one is at McLean Park, and also what I will say is the third one is at Seddon Park in Hamilton. Wow. Travelling around the what, country. That's what you will say. What can you say? I can say all three are at different uh, Fantastic. different venues. Fantastic. Mm. Um, just quickly, before I um, head back in the studio and we take a break, come up with Steve Williams, so I'm looking forward to um, the, the, thing, the thing that Brian mentioned, I'm not criticising Brian because people do think that. People do think what right do the fans have to for New Zealand rugby to be transparent. That's quite a commonly held mm. view. And so I was just sort of, I guess, going at that mm. in particular. You know, mm. I think we are the, they're the custodians of our game, right? They're the guardians of our game. Yeah, and they are, they are answerable to all the NPC unions and Heartland unions. Mm. There's this 27, and it, they've lost it. Um, I, I do hold, not, I haven't got 100% faith, but I've got a little bit more hope than I had. Um, under the pre- previous board, I think I'd like to say. Mm. Um, and I feel like the things that were addressed in the meeting, which we haven't played audio cuts from, was women's rugby, girls' rugby, boys' rugby, heartland rugby, Māori rugby. So they're actually going to address all of these things because mm. it's always been the be-all and end-all is the men's All Blacks. Yeah, And they've pinned their coats to that for years um, at the expense of the other competitions. And so there were a lot of questions and a lot of answers around that. And with Bailey Mackey, with his divisional rugby, Dane Farapama in women's and Manawatu and Māori rugby, um, university um, background as well, and now Dane Patsy Reddy without any big agenda of her own. Yeah. Um, hopeful. Optimistic. Yeah, okay. I'm, oh, okay, I'm not yeah. quite ready to say optimistic. No, 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 I see where you're coming from. Mm. Yeah, I'll jump aboard that. It's not just sort of old... White men, basically. Mm. <laughs> Which There's is what some it was wonderful old white men out there. Of course there is. Because I'm not far away from being one myself. Of course myself. there is. Um, but, yeah, there you go. And there's your Spark Sport update. Thank you to – there you go. I've got my NFL. I've got my white ferns fixed. It's all go. Uh, we will take a break on the other side. Steve Williams has returned to the fairways. He's reunited with Adam Scott, uh, caring for him for the last two weeks on a couple of professional events in Australia. He's back home now. We'll have a chat. Steve Williams, the best caddy of all time, after the break. It's a great pleasure now to bring in. He's a very busy man uh, with golf and with Speedway as well. But we're going to talk about golf first. Uh, caddy to the stars. Steve Williams joins us. Uh, g'day, Steve. A, a, a bit of a, a look back in time. Your last two weeks, you're back on the tools. Yeah, I haven't caddied since 2019, so um, yeah, it was probably with great excitement and I went over to Australia to caddy for Adam. He played in the Australian PGA and the Australian Open, and um, by, by my own admission, I was a little rusty the first week, <laughs> but um, last week back in Melbourne on the Sandbelt courses, which is one of my favourite places to caddy ever, uh, it was a lot of fun. He got into contention, ultimately finished second, so that was a lot of fun to caddy at... Um, the Australian Open, which was 
quite a unique event. They had the Australian Men's Open, the Australian Women's Open, and the Australian All Disability Championship all playing together in the same tournament. So a unique format, first time that's ever been done. So it was quite an exciting week. That first week back, um, now you have to be honest and put your machoism aside. Did you have a sore shoulder at the end of the tournament? Because your body wouldn't have been used to carrying a heavy bag. Well, I tell you what, I didn't have a sore shoulder. My feet were aching. It's quite amazing when you don't do something for a long period of time. Although you spend, you know, I play golf all the time. I carry my clubs and that. But when you actually spend that much time on your feet with a golf bag on your shoulder, uh, my feet were aching. So that was um, <laughs> something I wasn't expected. But, um, yeah, apart from that, the body held up good. The, the decision to go back in, Caddy, I was just wondering if, if someone other than Adam had to come knocking on your door, was it time to just have a little bit of a go again? Yeah, look, it's um, it was a bit of a group thing. Adam's coach, um, at myself, Adam's dad, um, we had a great run together um, when we were, when I was caring for Adam and that, and he feels like this is his time. It's, you know, not, it's not like it's running out, but he feels like, you know, he's 42 years old now and it gets harder and harder to compete at the highest level when you get in your 40s, but... He feels like he last year that he found some very good form, and um, he, he his COVID really interrupted his whole you know the, the whole way he went about things. He lives outside of America, so he was travelling to and from, and he, he lost a bit of form over COVID. But he feels like he's back to where he's almost getting near to the where he was back in sort of 2011 through 2014, where he, you know he was playing exceptional golf. So. You know, the idea was to, you know, call Steve back in and see if we can recreate some of that. So that was a lure for me, and it's not going to be full-time. I'll do half the tournaments that he's going to play. So, um, yeah, that's where it all came from. Was that part of the appeal for you, that it was part-time, you didn't have to fully commit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, I mean, I've, you know, I've had numerous offers since I've retired to come and caddy for guys, and that, and it's, you know, whilst it's flattering, I guess, in some sense, but... Um, I certainly have no interest in doing it full time. You know, you can't do something. You know, my son, he he's a professional scooter rider now, wow. and he competes a lot as well. So you know, he's a, he's not old enough to travel on his own. So my wife and I have to travel with him, and he competes all over the world. So you know, to be able to caddy just a, a small schedule of tournaments would suit me down to the ground. And and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So I think I think I'm right in saying you stopped full time with Adam in 2017. So. How's he changed, not as a person, but as a golfer? Did you find any good habits, bad habits, different ways he approaches things between the times you've you've spent with him? Well, I, I, the first thing I sort of noticed after just after the first practice round, uh, we played at Royal Queensland. He played with Cameron Smith, and obviously everybody knows about Cameron. He's one of the best players in the world right now. It's probably you know, he's had a remarkable year in 2022, and he, uh, he played with Wade Ormsby, another Australian guy. And I was what the first, the first thing I said to Adam after the practice rounds, I was amazed how far he still hits the ball. I, I, I figured he might have lost a bit of length, but um, he, he was hitting it right up there with Cameron. You know, so I, I was quite surprised. But no, his game was in great shape. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I've always thought he's had one of the most pure golf swings, absolutely pure. If you could, if you could DNA a golf swing into me, I'd choose Adam Scott. So it, it, there's, there's not many kinks in it, is there? <laughs> no, there's a lot of people uh, would love to have Adam swing. You know, he's obviously one of the purest swingers out there. You know, kind of naturally gifted uh, athlete. But um, yeah, so no, you're right. A lot of people would would love to have his swing. Very natural move at the ball, and everything seems pretty easy. 
What's his mindset like on the on the course, Steve? How much does he ask for input, um, accept input, that sort of thing? Yeah, look, I mean, when you go back to Caddy for someone, we, we we had a great run together, and that, and you know, once you get on, I, I, you know, the first week I was a little, you know, I caddied more by instinct, sort of a feel kind of a caddy, and that, and the first week it took me a little while for the instinct to come back, but then last week was great, but. You know, Adam's great. We, we, you know, you, you get into a working relationship, and I'm not scared to say what I think, and he's, you know, he, he'll say whether he thinks I'm right or wrong. Yeah, you know, you've got to get on the same page. But no, we got we we got in harmony quickly. Uh, last week was good. So, and I looked at his um, like he's obviously targeting majors when when you're as good as he is, and he's a previous Masters winner with you on the bag, of course. 48th in the Masters, missed the cut in the PGA. Then a 14th US Open, 15th British Open, tied fifth in the BMW, then hit Australia. Tied 28th PGA and as you say second in the Australian Open with your good self on the bag is he sort of guy that sets goals does he target tournaments does he you know his whole preparation to take on a golf season how does it look for him and how does it look for you yeah well I mean you know we've had this sort of lengthy discussion about where he's at with this game and what he wants to achieve but he he would really like to add another major championship to his resume and, and you know like as I said, he's 42 year, years of age now, so it's not getting any easier than that. But the, you know, so next year the whole schedule is going to be around trying to peak for those four major championships. But it's kind of the PGA Tour in America next year. Obviously, with all the um, things that have happened around with this new Live Tour, the PGA Tour have had to be proactive, and so they have uh, a, a very different approach to how they're going to run the tour next year. So they've got what they call these elevated events. Um, I believe there's 17 of these elevated events. And so the top 30 players, so that's all the players that made the FedEx Cup final last year, including Adam, have to play 16 of these 17 elevated events along with three other non-elevated events. And that's between January and the end of August. So wow. uh, these guys are going to be playing a lot of golf in a, in a shorter period of time than what they would normally be playing. So, you know, these are, these are we, we, Adam and I went over the schedule last week in Melbourne to sort of try and feel what we think would be a good setup for the, to try and peak for those majors. But you have to play all these elevated events. So you, somewhat the schedule is actually almost determined for you. So, yeah, quite quite a different setup. But that's all come about because of this new live tour. There was speculation that Adam was on the brink of going to the Live Tour. Of course, uh, Mark Leishman, Cam Smith, as you said, and and then big names like Dustin Johnson, etc. And it's almost like golf is a forced to make a choice and be public with the choice like Phil Mickerson has, like Rory McIlroy has. Uh, Adam Scott hasn't got that confrontational type of uh, part to his personality, has he? And But he's stuck with the PGA Tour. Yeah, well, look, the, the, the reason being, or the, the main reason being that, um, you know, the, the Live Tour is very attractive for everybody, but if you're someone that doesn't have, you know, the, or if you're not exempt in all the major championships, you know, if you go to the Live Tour, your world, and, and currently the Live Tour has no official world golf ranking points. So if you're a player that's playing on the Live Tour, your ranking is going to go, you know, it's going to keep every week when there's when the golf circuit's on, your ranking's going to keep falling because they can't get any points playing on that tour currently. So if you go to the Live Tour, um, like Adams, obviously he's exempt for the Masters being a former Masters champion. But if he went to the Live Tour, uh, his ranking could quickly fall, and then he, you know, he would not be able to play 
because of his ranking uh, in, in the you know the other three major championships. And at this stage, he still believes he can compete in those major championships. So that's where he's at. Where you know, I, I guess I was somewhat surprised with a guy like Mark Leishman, who Mark is a very very good player. He's contended in a couple of majors. He's had a couple of top three of major championships. So by going to the Live Tour, um, that that ends his career as far as playing in major championships until they get world golf ranking points. So it's, it's where you prioritise what you want to do and what you want to achieve. Mm, yeah, it's fascinating. It will continue to play out and have different machinations, I'd imagine, over the coming years. Uh, before we go, Steve Williams, uh, obviously uh, you're a former New Zealand champion on the dirt and your big grunty cars with your big fat tyres spraying the crowd with mud, which is always good fun. You've got a pretty cool event coming up next weekend in Rotorua, I believe. Yeah, so next weekend is the, the Valvoline Superstock Charity Invitational uh, at Paradise Valley Raceway next Friday and Saturday. There's 70 Superstocks battling for 26 spots uh, on Friday night to qualify for Saturday night where it's $20,000 to win, uh, which is the biggest purse ever for a Superstock race in New Zealand. So, And along with that, we've got a charity, um, we've got, 10 celebrity drivers driving super stocks. They're going to practice on Friday night and then they're going to race on Saturday night. So Avalon Biddle, Simon Evans, Andre Heimgartner, Lance Hughes, Darren Cavey, Greg Murphy, Richie Stanaway, Mad Mike with it, Daniel Woolhouse and Chris Vanderdrift. These guys are all going to get behind the wheel of a super stock, which they've never done before. So these guys are fizzing at the bit. Uh, so they, you know, they're obviously all professional drivers. So they, you know, they, they, they'll get a hang of it and they have some fun. So it's all for charity. Ronald McDonald House Starship Hospital. So um, yeah, if anybody wants to get along, it'll be a huge event. And then if you can't get along, it's going to be televised or it's going to be live streamed on the Pits Media. But if you go to the Rotorua Facebook page, Rotorua Stock Car Club, all the infos on there. So yeah, massive event, and we're, you know, we're aiming to make some very good money for two very good charities. Oh, you've done a lot of great work for charity, Steve. I'm just, I just ringing in my ears. Heimgartner, Stanaway, Murphy, uh, Bathurst to Rotorua on dirt, but I know how competitive Greg Murphy is. That that that's almost as enticing as this twenty thousand dollar race, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and then we've got those guys that are drifters as well, like Mad Mike. I mean, he, you know, he, he's just you know, he didn't get the name Mad Mike for anything, <laughs> but, you know, like. <laughs> The, the, the drifters will be pretty interesting, to, you know, because they will have a bit of feel how, how to drift around the corners on a, in a superstop. But yeah, these guys, everyone I've spoken to, uh, you know, we even got you know Avalon the Biddle, the New Zealand's best motorcycle woman, and you know she's tiny little lady, and you know she's going to strap up herself into a superstop. She's absolutely fizzing at the bit to get behind the wheel of a superstop. So you know, none of these guys have ever driven a superstop, and um, they're absolutely pumping. Simon Evans last night, he got fitted up into his car and Paul Vasey's Superstock out here in Auckland last night. He, he's absolutely humming. So, no, it's going to be a massive event and really excited about it. Yeah, and as you say, the charity aspect of it, uh, don't forget that because we do like helping those that need help. Um, and finally, Steve, uh, once once the Superstocks are parked up, when, do the, when does the passport come out? When do you relink up with Adam? What's your next event? Yeah, the first tournament that I will do of his schedule uh, will be the at Riviera, the Los Angeles Open at Riviera. Uh, I believe that's in the middle of February, so that'll be my first one, and then and that'll be uh, and then I'll caddy in the uh, the match play tournament prior to Augusta. So I'll do a couple of events leading into Augusta, and then yeah, I'll be happy to stroll down Magnolia Lane 
uh, at Augusta. They'll be looking forward to that. Can't wait to see you in those white overalls, the green cap, and that uh, uh, uncomparable Steve Williams stride down the fairway. So it's, <laughs> it's going to be good to have you back there, mate. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure you are as well. Hey, listen, uh, well done. Uh, congratulations getting back on the tour. I think it's awesome. And also all that great charity work you do for Starship and Ronald McDonald House, I think that's brilliant, using your profile and being so selfless as well when you could just sit back on your ranch and drink martinis and go for a swim and pump some iron. But you, you're <laughs> out there doing good stuff for the community mate and and i appreciate talking to us today absolutely have a good weekend sunday morning on senz and the senz app Yep, you just heard Johnny Max say there's eight teams left for the big dance. Croatia, Brazil, Netherlands, Argentina, Morocco, Portugal, England, France. Uh, that's what's left in the big dance. So Brendan Popper from the TAB joins us for Monster Games. 4am, 8am, 4am, 8am. It's a smorgasbord of sports betting, Brennan Popper. Well, what's the movement been like? Which which game's got the most interest? Yeah, um, afternoon, Steph. Yeah, there's been a few games. They've all actually taken money at this stage, but Brazil seems to be the one team that punters want to have a bet on. We've taken two large bets on them, 3500 at $1.33 dollar thirty-three, and then 3400 at the dollar thirty-three, that's the one game that punters believe they can be fairly confident that will be done in the ninety minutes, uh, and they want to take that dollar thirty-three. As opposed to the other games, we, we we have seen money for Argentina, we've seen some money for England and France, but the other matches, we are seeing money for the draw. Argentina, Netherlands, support for the draw, support for game going to penalties, and the same for the England France game. Bit of money for the draw bit of money for extra time, method of victory, penalties, method of victory, either side. So that's where I'm, I'm sure we're going to find one in, in one or two of these games. Another two games that punters are identified as maybe likely beyond 90 uh, beyond ninety minutes. And what about the overall market? I'm just wondering now, we, we are down to eight. Is, is there any of sort of, you know, the Morocco, Croatia, Netherlands, even England with a big liability sitting on them because they would have been at longer odds earlier in the tournament? Yeah. Not so much for Morocco and Croatia, but certainly for England. Uh, that, that's been one at the bigger price uh, right at the start of the tournament. I think we took one or two thousand, a couple of one or two thousand dollar bets around England at the nine dollars. In terms of constant money, it has been Brazil for sure. Uh, they're 270 now to win it outright. And just every time that they will play well throughout the tournament, apart from their little slip up against Cameroon, which really didn't matter, um, punters have still barely been with Brazil the whole way through, and even more so after what we've seen uh, in recent days. The other sides away from Brazil, Argentina, they are the second worst result, even though they're not the second favourite, the 650. Uh, Brazil, uh, France are $5. Argentina would be our second worst result in the marketplace. And then you're starting to look towards uh, France and England and then Portugal, uh, the other teams. But um, yeah, look, Brazil's running through a lot of multi staff. A lot of multis are ending on Brazil uh, from their high price of around 345, 350, uh, and a lot of single bets on them as well. 
Uh, Australian Basketball League I want to ask you about because the Breakers, number two on the table. The Kings, number one on the table. They tip off in just under six hours. Two-night home court. A little bit of a blip for the Breakers who made a lot of mistakes in a number of different areas for the Perth Wildcats game, but we'll park that. But the Sydney Kings come to town. This is a monster game for both. It is, and what we've seen so far was we've taken a couple of sizable bets on the Breakers at the dollar seventy-five. 78% of our head-to-head money is with the Breakers. Uh, punters have seen that there is no social media out there uh, <laughs> saying that uh, any of the players are, uh, are capped or anything like that. So it's all with the Breakers. So 175 biggest bet of $1,000, and a $500 bet on the Breakers as well. We've seen some power play action too, and our best power play that I can tell you is around the 225 on the New Zealand Breakers to win by five points or more. That's been, uh, even though, look, it's 225, it's a price that punters are willing to take. Not a lot of money for the Kings, who sit at their price of $2.05. And that might still change as we get closer to tip-off, as you said, at uh, half past seven. But at this stage, Breakers 171, very popular. And the last thing I want to ask you about is the Rugby World Cup. Now, the, the reason is, like, there's been a lot of movement off the field. Uh, the games have finished. And I'm just wondering, in the outright winner book, um, having set these books for years and years and years, I can't remember a flat market like this with one, two, three, four, five teams in single figures. Um, and South Africa, I wanted to ask you about. Have they shortened what, what's been their what's been their price path in recent times? Oh, I haven't got that in front of me, Steph. Oh, unfortunately, their, their price path. But what I can say is, is there was movement, and there was some money for them in that market after their game against England. I, I know that the, the, the lads in Batoni took a couple of five hundred dollar bets on South Africa. Um, which was a touch higher than the $6, and I think it might have been around $7. Mm. Uh, away from the other markets, I mean, obviously England and Ireland and France, they have been the three teams there that have been popular in the last six months. Uh, that money has just dried up a touch around England and Ireland, and that's, that's on form, isn't it? And certainly with England, yep. with what we've seen in, in the recent, uh, in their autumn series. Uh, France, very strong, $3.50. And the money's been strong for almost 18 months, to be honest with you, around France to win this Rugby World Cup. So hence why they're favourites are three fifty, And we just saw a little bit of money uh, for, new, for, the, for the All Blacks at three seventy-five, just towards the end of that tour. Maybe the punters saw enough to, and, and belief that in 12 months' time they can still lift uh, the Rugby World Cup. So they're three seventy-five, and they're going to be forever strong. Is there anything in their staff? I mean... I mean, it's pretty much bang on, isn't it? I mean, Australia could be the one sleeper with where they do sit in the draw. They're $12. They got close enough, and if they can be fully fit, mm. they can certainly get to a good stage in the World Cup, but can they actually win it? They're $12. Yeah, the only one, I, if you gave me a free bet, Pops, I'd probably put it on South Africa. I, I, I just think the $6 around them, um, they're masters at going to these sorts of things and picking up a win, and uh, they're very united and they've un- unearthing some good good players. So I think the $6 is probably about right, but if the TAB just want to go into my email and just drop me a free uh, bonus bet, I'm more than happy to put it on South Africa. <laughs> well, if, if, if you want some free bets, Steph, maybe you can... Uh, Maybe entertain having a bit on the bonus back blitz on Saturday. I know you love backing into those. You know I do. Races, uh, over the, the domestic race meetings and, of course, across the Tasman. So that might be a way of trying to get some free bets. And I'll tell you this much, the Clippers, they're playing at the moment. Boy, we took a mountain of cash for them. They're $1.37. They're off to a hot start already. 
uh, and see that that's one game where we've taken so much money in the NBA today and a bit of money for the Lakers at the outside price of $6. That game tips off shortly as well. Brilliant, Pops. Good catching up, mate. Thanks very much. Well, good. Cheers, Steph. There he is, tab.co.nz's uh, Brendan Popperwell. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on the clip. 32-14 they lead um, after one quarter. Jeepers. 32 and a quarter. They are on fire against Orlando Magic, and he said the Lakers, which gets underway in five seconds. And they're $5.80. $5.80 for the Lakers. Who would have thought? Uh, all right, we'll have a break, and I'm going to hand the reins over after this air break uh, to the very capable newsworthy. He's a hound. He's a bloodhound when it comes to news stories around the world. It's Sammy Hewitt with what's making news after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Oh, I'll tell you something that's just making news. I just, I just had a glass of lemonade and mm. I never drink fizzy drinks, ever, ever, ever. Yeah. It just doesn't agree with it. Just a little Sprite. Glass, yeah, a little glass of Sprite. It's funny how we call that lemonade. Like I know in America, lemonade is like lemon cordial almost, yeah, right? Yeah. Whereas in New Zealand, we just call lemonade a Sprite. And it covers all brands. It co- yeah, it covers all brands. Yeah. Weird, but it doesn't agree with you. You don't like Sprite. No, I feel all burpy. And... Oh, because they say to have Sprite when you're, you know, like sick or you're going through operations or, you know, it's clear lemonade's fine. It's weird. Yeah, I like the taste. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully you recover in time. Oh, I will. I will. Um, bit of soccer, bit of a soccer theme, football soccer theme uh, soccer, to what's soccer. making news uh, okay. today. Well, I'm going to say soccer, Steph, because that's where we start with the one Dana White out of the UFC. Um, who has landed himself in very hot water with the billions of people that enjoy the game of football. Unfortunately, Dana is one of those um, narrow-minded Americans who think the whole world revolves around America and that uh, soccer not even a big sport. No one really plays that, do they? He's come out and said, Staff, that he can't stand the game. And he thinks it is the least talented sport on earth. Oh, (laughs) Way to get his, a reaction. His rationale. There's a reason three-year-olds can play it, okay? And three, <laughs> three-year-olds can't MMA. They can't UFC. Well, they can. I know. This is probably Dana's thinking, though. He said, you run around, you kick a ball. When you're playing a game where the net is this big, and he does the gesture, and the score is 3-1, are you SHITing me right now? Do you know how untalented you have to be to score three points when the net is that big? <laughs> I mean, red flag with obviously the points, but uh, he is—he's uh, taking. He's opened up a can of worms, Steph. He's taken on the beehive, as it were. He's poked the bear, <laughs> the footballing bear. So good luck to him. Good luck to him. Yeah, good luck. I to can't you. wait to see the fallout of this or the reaction. I mean, he's trolling. You've got to think. He doesn't genuinely believe that, does he? Surely he, not. Well, I think part of him does, but he will embellish it a bit for, for reaction. And he's made he what's making what news in New Zealand. So to more uh, serious footballing matters, and a Mexican politician um, by the name of Maria Clementa Garcia Moreno. <laughs> I hope I said that all right. <laughs> Maria Clement, Clemente Garcia Moreno is among many, Steph, and remember, Mexican politician, politician, is among many disgusted by Argentina skipper Lionel Messi his lack of respect towards Mexico at the World Cup. Now, this comes off the back of the video where, what did he do? Kizzy, like, had a Mexican shirt and he, he like, stand so on it. It was or? on the ground. It was a Mexican shirt on the ground of the changing room. And Messi put his foot on the jersey because it was in his way. 
and he just slid it away. So he just no sort of harm. kicked the jersey away. No harm, no foul. And the Mexicans are not happy about it at all, Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, not least Maria Clementai Garcia Moreno. Um, who was asked, the Chamber of Deputies, the Honourable Congress of the Union, and the Foreign and the Minister of Foreign Affairs, to issue a corresponding decla- declaration to declare persona non grata within the territory of the United Mexican States to Lionel Messi. They don't want him. They want to deny him access, entry into Mexico because of uh, what he's done to the, to the Mexican jersey. <laughs> That's taking it to the next level now. Look, the Peru fans and the Peruvians, we felt robbed by them back in uh, 20, what was that, 2015 or, or something, 2014, 2014. But we'd never go those links, would we, Steph? I don't Shut the borders? So. Shut the borders on the Peruvians? Um, look, I don't know if Messi had any plans to go to Mexico anyway, to be honest. Never been myself, <laughs> but... I've never been, and I have no desire. Well, either way, he's going to find it difficult. And uh, finally, um, this is a public announcement declaration um, that I will be stepping down from my role here at Afternoons with Steffi. Um, And it comes off the back of this particular story I'm about to read here. Uh, The Major League Baseball uh, League organization um, is looking for scorekeepers. And particularly with the Boston Red Sox. Oh, there so, you go. Taking about a dream job here, people. Thirty-five bucks an hour as well, which I'm, I'll take that. Um, Thirty-five times it's twelve hundred. It's about thirteen hundred a week. It's like fifty, sixty-five a year. Yeah, look, American. that'll do. That'll do. American. I'm living in the states. I'm living my dream. I'm going to baseball games at Fenway for free. Fenway Park every day. Every day. I probably will travel with the team. You'd think as well. Um, the other teams that are looking at the Cincinnati Reds, the Miami Marlins, and the Toronto Blue Jays. So I might apply for both the Red Sox and the Miami Marlins and just split my time and enjoy some time in Florida. Head back up to Boston, catch the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup. And uh, I'll just read you through a couple of the essential functions as per the uh, the advert here. Uh, so got to arrive at the ballpark no later than 60 minutes prior. Mm-hmm. That's okay. So it's not, a, it's not a whole day thing. So it's 60 minutes prior. Um, got to collect rosters and other applicable information. Uh, test the press box microphone. Make sure everything's in check, order check up there. One, two, two, one, Keep a detailed two. scorecard of the game. What was, the, what was our old mate down in Palmy? Uh, big, big D. Big D, big D, big S. Uh, apparently, I've got to make announcements as the as as expected of the official scorer. So, time of the first pitch, uh, the individual pitching lines, official reviews, etc. Oh. So that's going to be involved. Um, some of the key skills, and and obviously the, I go to this one first. Our previous official scoring experience in professional amateur baseball is strongly preferred, not but not required. required. But not required. So uh, that's a big tick, tick for me. Exceptional knowledge of the official baseball rules is probably where I fall short. Do you get any special dispensation because you studied in America? Do you get any card or no, no, no. jump the queue for a visa or nah. anything like that? Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. I was in and out of there. I had the, just the one year F1 or whatever it's called for students. But I might apply just for a laugh. See how we go. Go on. Yeah, 35 bucks now. Go back over to America. Apply. Um, Now. Apply. (laughs) This sounds like a commercial, one of those infomercials. (laughs) Apply. Apply now. And um, a a fact to finish, if I may. Please. Back in a jiffy. Yep. Do you know that it's an official unit of time, jiffy? Mm, No. Do you know that? People say back in a jiffy, that's sort of ambiguous, isn't it, as to how long you're going to be away for. Uh, But computer scientists... Call a jiffy one one hundredth of a second. Wow! So that really is a jiffy. That's a real quick. Electrical engineers uh, one sixtieth of a second. Um, physicists view it as uh, the time light takes to travel the radius of an electron. So I couldn't give you a number on that one, but uh, in any case, 
We'll be back in a jiffy. We will. Uh, Sam, just your fact of the day about the jiffy. Um, you won't be old enough, but when we were kids, we used to make jiffies. Uh, you probably know them as jaffles. I don't know them at all. Toasted sandwich? Yeah. You know what that is. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, they were called jiffies, and we had a cast iron, like a big, um, had a hinge, and you'd put the bread in with the butter, same as a normal toasted sandwich, and you put it in the jiffy, and you closed it and clamped it and put it on the element of the stove and made jiffies. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Yeah, well, they're called jaffles, but you make them in a jiffy iron, but when I was a kid, they were jiffies. Is that all colloquial, though? Was it actually called a jiffy iron? It was iron? called a jiffy. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were, I think the brand... Is that was, where the thing came from, then? Back in a jiffy? Yeah, so they, you make a sandwich real quick in the jiffy. So it was a jiffy iron that made jaffles... Right. But we called them a jiffy. But you we wouldn't kids. say back in a jiffy didn't re- relate to, to the jiffies at all, did it? I don't think so, no. Okay. One of my favourites, and Devor out in the cafe there says, you know, I say, you know, I have my normal flat white, and he goes, okay, give me one second. And I go, one. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm I know about it, eh? Uh, uh, we're going to be talking golf robots, golf balls, golfers listen up. Got some pretty cool stuff in studio after the news. Welcome back into Afternoons with Staffy. You're on SCNZ. I hope you enjoyed your lunch. Everyone, hands up if you had a mince and cheese pie. Oh, I thought there'd be a few of you. All you out there on your building sites. Uh, and as always, big shout out to the truckies out there. We are here in association with Gold.NZ. They fuel your mission all year round. And it's great to have their company. And we have the company of someone in studio now, which I always enjoy getting someone in. Um, Kale from Volley Golf. Kale, welcome in. Thanks for having me. Um, yours is a really, really interesting story. Um, young Kiwi guys said one day, let's make some golf balls. How did that happen? It, it, it goes back even to our youth golf days. Um, and full disclosure, I'm not a scratch handicap golfer. Mm. Um, and, you know, as potentially many, I struggled with the losing an expensive ball mm. um, and <laughs> just the, the whole frustrations around that. Um, I think, you know, me and my business partner, we always knew we wanted to, to do something and start our own company. Um, we're both super passionate golfers ourselves. Um, it, it was a bit of a, um, you know, exploration into the golf industry and, and we, we thought we wanted to do something there and we started looking at products. Um, and, you know, golf balls... You know, people think are not the natural fit on let's launch a golf ball. Um, <laughs> the understanding about the golf ball market over the last, you know, 15 years has been really interesting. And, and what we've discovered is, I, I don't want to use the word commoditized, but in a way they have. So all golf balls are regulated, um, you know, and, and right now in terms of the distance a golf ball can go is essentially maxed out. So um, 
over the last you know 10 years manufacturers have just been tweaking certain characteristics about a golf ball so your spin profiles your launch characteristics um, which is all dimple patterns dimple patterns you know a little bit of the covers you know covers getting a little bit more durable but the reality is there's actually not too much innovation going into a premium golf ball um, every year Pro V1 Titleist you know Callaway TaylorMade they'll release a new golf ball and there's very, very minor differences in those. And, and there's a reason that, that, you know, the pros don't want their golf ball to change too much. They get so used to that golf ball. Mm. So that that was one realisation. The other was, you know, over over the years, a number of the big patents have expired in some of the, the big manufacturers. So, you know, we discovered that there is there's a couple key manufacturers in, in the world making premium golf balls. And um, we basically found out you know how how to get it in with them and to, to work closely with R&D and to, to bring our own golf ball to life. Um, so you know we, we're not engineers ourselves but um, it, it's working you know very closely with a with a strong manufacturer with you know 30 years of golf ball development to, to bring something truly unique and and for us we it, it was it would have been a lot easier to bring a crappy golf ball in for us. We wanted to make sure we had a really good product first, and and that's what we focused on. So we've been about four years in development, and we launched last month effectively. Wow! Because uh, yeah, I've played a lot of golf over my life, and you're right. You you go and stick one of those nine or ten dollar balls in the rough. You want to take that full five minutes to go and look for the thing. Um, and, but the other thing is the nine or ten dollar ball and the two dollar ball, massive difference in performance. Huge. So you want a really you want a really good ball, but you don't want to break the bank because there's some courses around here, uh, around New Zealand. You play a tough course, you can you can go through six balls in a round. You know, with the water hazards, with the long grass, with the 100%. trees, with the cliffs. Um, talk, I'm looking at you, Kate Kidnappers. I'm looking at <laughs> you, Carrie Cliffs. Um, you can lose balls. So, how have you? What? How does it? How does the profile of performance stack up on your volley golf balls? And for people out there, it's V O L L E. If you want to Google it, while we're having a little bit of a chat, how do these profile performance-wise? And I'm injecting you with truth serum, Kale. Yep, got it. How do they stack up? So, that's been one of our big challenges to talk to customers about because immediately, you know, you go, you're know, you going to have a core golfer that's been playing, you know, as long as you have and, and through childhood and you grow up with these big brands and they've stayed the same and they're, they're, they're known as a good golf ball and you've got us, you know, small player entering the market, how do you trust that we've got a good golf ball? So there's two ways that we did this. One was, you know, when we go about testing, we get user feedback and, and you know, very good user feedback up to the, the pro level. But the other one is machine testing. So with machine testing, um, you know you don't have any outside variables that are going to affect the machine testing. You, you purely get the same exact same swing pattern. So what we do is we test our golf balls versus all the major golf balls, and we present that data back to our customers. So if you go and look at our website, we show you how our golf ball performs versus the Pro V1 versus the TP5 versus the Callaway. Wow, and it's 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 in the ballpark. Yeah, well, it, it all stacks up. Um, yeah, as I said, you can go look at the data. Um, so we match these to the Pro V1ers is basically your gold star of a golf ball, I think. Um, so we, we back these via machine data to, to perform equivalent. So like I see when the big brands, and, and you've mentioned them, and they say it's the new ball, like there was Pro V, then there was Pro V1, then there was Pro V1X, and there's longer, straighter, spinnier. That can't be true because if there's all the parameters you, you have to stay within, or do they change the parameters? No, exactly. You you, you tweak one and, the, and you lose the other, right? So... If you want a high spinning golf ball, you're going to get a high spinning. You want a high spinning golf ball on your wedge shots. You're going to get high spinning on your driver. 
And, you know, a lot of people don't want a high-spinning driver. If you've got a bit of a slice or a fade, it's going to, and it reduces your distance. So every variable you tweak, that's going to be good. You also lose another good variable on the other side because you're, you're right, they all have to conform to a certain standard. I know there's a stat out there that something like 90% of the world's televisions come out of two factories. Uh, how many golf ball factories... Did you know the the equivalent in golf balls? It, it, it's not exactly that, but it's it's reasonably close. Mm. You know, I'd I'd say there's five or six main premium manufacturers. That there is a lot of smaller ones that you know produce range balls and your distance golf balls and and your lesser quality ones. But in terms of performance, there's only a few. So do the big dogs have their own and just make their own, or can you go and knock on Callaway's door and say, can you make some balls for us and this it's, is our recipe? <laughs> it's a bit of a mix. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, Titleist have their own um, manufacturing facility, um, Bridgestone do. A couple use use a number of different um, ones. So, yeah, it's a mixed bag. We just had a text in from Dave from Nelson saying, I love this story. Story Kiwi battlers having a go. Where can we buy these balls? So let's go straight to that. Uh, I haven't finished talking to you, but um, I'll answer the questions as they come in. Sure. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> www.volley.golf, uh, V-O-L-L-E.golf, yeah. Um, so we're, we're purely online at the moment, but we are looking at getting into a few retail shops that have a good good fit for what we're trying to do. Um, and, yeah, we, we offer two-day Essentially, two-day shipping. Mm. Well, less than 0.1% of the golfers in the world are professionals. So what's your, what's your weekend club golfer telling you with your feedback? Um, yeah, we've, we've had, I think, around over 150 five-star reviews at the moment. Um, everything's been, been really positive. Um, you know, we, we kind of are catering. Whilst we say that our golf ball can be used from a scratch, you know, all the way up to 36, I think there is a sweet spot of a golfer that does want a performance golf ball. Um, and we, we kind of know the zero to five handicappers. They play a lot of golf. They they take a bit longer to convince. Um, so we find our sweet spot in handicap might be around the the five to fifteen that want a performance golf ball. Oh well. And how many different how many different balls have you got? And what's the individual characteristics? So we, we've kept it simple. We we don't want to go into any kind of cheaper distance balls. We've got two premium balls. One's called the Origin. It's a four piece carcerethane. Um, we say probably most similar to a Pro V1, and then we've got the Atlas Golf Ball, which is a three-piece urethane, um, more similar to a Pro V1X. So Atlas is high spinning, and, and Origin is still high spinning, but relative to the Atlas less, and it's, um, you know, it, it goes a little bit further on the driver. So Origin for your testosterone fix? Here's what I found. Oh, oh. That's your phone. That's awesome. So that's Siri that jumps in there. That, <laughs> careful. She's even on board. <laughs> um, oh, this is a cool story. Cool story. What was your what when you embarked on this with your business partner? Um, what was the hurdle, the hardest hurdle to jump? There's been there's been a few. I mean, I you know <laughs> I was going to say it'd be like a steeplechase. Yeah. Race. Um, you know, the manufacturer was, was obviously the biggest one and, and kind of getting it in, that, that was, you know, a year and a half journey before we actually got anything and started sample testing. Um, cost hurdles are big. Um, you know, we're, we're a small company and there is some, some huge costs we have to go through and, and one of them was our machine testing. Um, so, you know, very what we had to do on every single sample run and, and ball we release is we had to send them over to an independent um facility in, in California to test our golf balls and that was running in a thousand dollars an hour. Um, so every day you're, you know, five thousand in um, 
and very recently. So that we knew this would be a pain for our research and development going forward. Um, I'm going to tell the robot story. I want you to share the robot story after the break, so save that. All right, okay, so cool, Save cool. that, okay. <laughs> so is there just two of you? There's there's three of us, there's yeah, three. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we kind of split it. We've got, um, you know, a few of us on kind of business development and kind of getting out in the community, and we've got a, a guy looking after brand and digital and marketing. It's exciting, man. It's hey, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hard yards have been done. Uh, it's not over, <laughs> but the real graft has been done, and now it's polish. Is that how you feel oh, where you're it at? It doesn't feel like that at the moment. Okay. Um, it's it's just trying to tackle and, and keep up with things as, as they come. Um, but, you know, we both, uh, well, we all live and breathe golf, so being being able to be a part of that and, and you know, where golf is going at the moment is mm. it's on a tear, so... There is another exciting development that I'm going to get Carl to hang around for. But if you do have any questions, you budding golfers out there, we've already had the one in from Dave. So V-O-L-L-E dot golf is where you can go on the website. We're going to have a short ad break. We'll come back. There's more to the story. Stick around. We'll tell it. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome back into Afternoons. Thank you for Goal for allowing all of this to happen. Goal.nz. Go and register at that uh, little website and they'll send you a text or an email and tell you, today's the day, it's special price day. And it goes for 36 hours. But right now we're still joined by Carl from, he's from Volley Golf, V-O-L-L-E dot golf. I said there was more to this story than just golf balls, and you started to embark about how expensive it was to send your prototypes to a lab, five grand to test your balls, pass or fail, that's expensive, gave you another opportunity. It did, yeah. Um, and this was, you know, one of those wild thoughts um, when I was walking the dog about... <laughs> that's when the best stuff happens. <laughs> it's when my best thinking comes, yeah. Um, and I was, you know concerned about more costs coming with uh, sending them over and and you know I, I just get thinking about well how hard is it to, to build one of these robots ourselves um, and I, I'd actually done a bit of YouTubing and I saw some guy who'd, who'd attached a rocket to some some um, driver attached to some swing thing and it hit this golf ball as far as you know cut 300 400 meters and, and I was like oh, you know, a little bit more structure to that, and, and it may not be that hard. So I then I then had heard about uh, Canterbury Univers- University do this uh, finals year project where um, businesses can submit projects to the to the university students in their final year, um, and they pick that up for the whole year. And, um, you know, I just kind of put two and two together, and I was like, well, let's just pitch them this idea. Um, so their idea was building us a golf machine swing robot to test our golf balls. Oh, I love this. Um, <laughs> And the you know the professors were were really keen on this. Um, my initial concern was the scope of the project. I just didn't know how. I'm not an engineer. I did not know how hard it would be. But they said, yeah, this this could work. So um, surely there's some golfers in the engineering course would go. I want to make a golf it, robot. It's exactly what happened. So <laughs> the, I think I don't know. The, I think there was like twenty or thirty projects and. Yeah, apparently ours was one of the most sought after, and we ended up getting four very keen golfers, um, also engineers, so two mechatronic engineers and two mechanical engineers, um, to build build the robot. And um, yeah, over the space of nine months, um, we had weekly calls with them, um, and I have to say they did a phenomenal job. Um, 
they <laughs> it was this pie in the sky idea and um, you know to be honest um, I was pushing it uh, my other business partners were this is a big risk and it was a big cost for us at the time and we just had no idea what we we're going to get out of it um, and <laughs> as as the months progressed we started to actually you know it, it went from blueprints to to starting to do some welding to, to starting to put it all together and um, literally probably a, a few weeks ago it got delivered um, up to us and we're, <laughs> we're sitting there looking at this. I think it's nearly 200 kg um, oh giant robot um, <laughs> and the logistics even getting that up here was a, was a tough one. I have to say um, hats off to Main Freight who really supported us um, to get the thing transported up to Auckland and yeah, we went and did a, did a testing day. Now I, I gave the uni guys a, a very hard goal. I said, well, Success. What success? And I said, success to me is a robot getting a hole in one. And <laughs> I think that was that was a bit bit too punchy because apparently they did significant more time than anyone else in in, in all their projects to put this thing together. And um, there's still a little little bit to be done. What I didn't realise was there's um you know there's actually a lot of code that goes into the background of this to you know build its acceleration deceleration and all of that. But um you know the end goal for this there were two reasons why we did it. One was we wanted to have as much data as possible about how our golf ball performs, how it performs versus other other competitors, and we wanted to provide that data back to golfers. So we want someone to say, "Well, I've got a swing speed of 90 miles per hour, and and I, you know, I hit it this way." And then we want them to plug in those characteristics, and we want to spit out and we say, "Well, this is how our ball performs. This is how the Pro V1 performs," and you know, you can make an informed decision about what what golf ball is best because. I do truly believe that there is a there is a golf ball for everyone's swing, mm. but the other factor is if you're not a scratch golfer, your swing does change quite a lot. So, um, what we tried to do is have a well-rounded golf ball. Um, you know, and the other reason for doing it was research and development. So, we're really keen to explore beyond what we're doing with the kind of competitive golf ball, which are all regulated. We're keen to explore new materials and technology within a golf ball and and, um, and we needed to to have a quicker and, and cheaper process to be able to you know do that type of development so now you've got a golf swing robot to um, international standard yes yes now we've got it so it doesn't um, so it doesn't test the regulation that needs to be done independently um, but but what it does test is is everything all the um, you know parameters and, and swing, patterns and it, it tests everything we need to know about the golf ball flight pattern. So going a step further, and you've probably already thought of this, um, when I heard that you'd made a robot, there's other groups of young guys around the world. There might be three guys in Portugal want to try and make a golf ball. Can they get in touch with you and say, hey boys, here you got a robot, how much to test our ball? Yes, so th- this was a secondary idea of what this could become and and we haven't explored it yet but there this is where options become available is we do know there's other companies you know around the world that that sell their own golf ball and they would have been in the same um same situation as us with with the cost of testing so um you know providing data back to other companies um about their golf ball and there's potentially for club testing as well um and the other, the other key things in my mind are, are companies that do, um, you know, insights and, you know, my golf spy is a perfect example. They, they have a ball lab. They also send their um, golf balls off to certain facilities. Um, so there's, there's 
you know, there's pie in the sky dreams of robot sales and all that, but we're, we're focused on just purely using this for our own use case at the moment, but, but there's options out there. And of course, yeah, yeah, and I don't want to get too personal, but you're limited by finances. Like you're, you're young blokes uh, starting out in your professional careers. Is there a time, is, have you come to the time that you are seeking invent, investors? In fact, someone's just texted through saying, are you guys looking for investors to go to the next level? Yes, um, I guess the short answer is yes. Yeah, we we've essentially self-funded up until now, and we're getting to a stage we, we've got a, a few other pro, uh, products in the pipeline that are very cool and unique, um, and you know also big export opportunities. So we're we're about at the time where we're going to start looking for investment. Brad's just texting. I'm sold. Going to get online and buy me some volleys, Brad, uh, and in brackets below average golfer. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> and they're like, I was looking before. They like five, six bucks a ball, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we um, we sell. Um, you know, the more you buy, the cheaper you get, which is also unique, I guess, in the in the market. Um, so for a dozen, so if you if you buy four dozen, I think it works out about sixty four dollars a dozen. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good, eh? Yeah. Well, yeah. I've I've heard the the price of premium golf balls is going. You know, as all costs are going up next year, there's going to be a, apparently a price rise in, in all the the major premium golf balls. Is it tight for you to keep them that low? Because I know that was your main mission. That was your main thing that sparked you into this. Was I'm an average Joe golfer. I ain't no pro. Price of balls are pissing me off. Uh, is that your last negotiable? If it is a price rise, it's going to be like with with a bit of grief in your heart. Hundred percent, and and you know we're we're facing everyone's facing rising costs. Um, we're we're trying to keep it as low as possible, so it's it's accessible to as many golfers as possible. Um, and you know we we save costs relative to other big brands on a, on a number of ways. You know, um, big brands have distributor costs and all sorts of other margins in there. You know, playing paying pro players, and and we try and cut out all of that. So we try and cut out a lot of the fat to keep our prices as low as possible. Do you know Ryan Fox? Um, I've I've had a chat with him. Yes, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. I, I know he's he's a bit confined with his contracts, but um, yeah. No, we, we've had a chat. In he's time, a good mate. Man. In time, uh, we'd love to. Yeah. He's about <laughs> as Kiwi as it gets, right, Fox? Hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's had a phenomenal year. Oh, and quickly, someone mentioned we, we've got a couple of minutes. Um, I think Sammy, who introduced you to us, uh, mentioned a dissolving ball or a degrading or something ball. Yes, we're we're not quite there to to bring it up just oh, yet. But do, you, do I need to shut up? <laughs> <laughs> we've got something coming in January, which is which is going to be truly unique. Um, yes, so oh, so right. we're, we're we're almost there to announce it. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> it's, they've got nothing new planned for January. <laughs> Don't go on the website and subscribe and keep your news updates. There but we go. Yeah, it's falling off. So what? How are you tracking? Like, I, like. Things are good. People are ordering online. We've just got another couple of people saying they're going to go online and order. And I think from what you're saying, and we're going to go and try them as well, um, you'll have repeat You'll have repeat customers. So reordering's going well. That's probably your best signal. Yes, that, that's the one thing we look for is reorders. Um, so, you know, keeping customers is key and getting customers at least trying them. We're, we're confident that when people try them, they love them. Um, and that, that's all the feedback that we're getting. And, you know, we're, we're two months in and, and feedback and, and the growth trajectory has been, been tremendous. We're really, really stoked. Um, I'll say, you know, if people are thinking of gift ideas at the moment. We've, we sell custom golf balls, so you can put a nice little Santa on your golf ball and gift it to someone. There's, so, yeah, we've Is got there some really limit cool... to what you can put on the golf ball? No, you can put anything, any colour, any logo, and you can just go on the website and you can just upload a logo. It'll display it on the golf ball. 
and you just buy and, and we we buffer in about a two week turnaround, but we can we can move it a bit quicker if, if need be. That's awesome. So you could it's, get like if there's a lads weekend, golf weekend away, you can order a couple of dozen with the with, with your logo, yeah, yeah, your logo. tournament lads logo, yeah, hundred percent, or your nickname on it, so the bulls don't get messed up. Exactly. And yep. I, and I noticed on one of them too, you've already got the line that a lot of golfers draw on to line up their putts. You've already got that on there. Yes, we do. Yep. I I didn't used to use the putting line, and I've switched in the last year. And you can't go back once you start using. <laughs> you've evolved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've evolved. Okay, so for people that have just tuned in um been talking to Kyle. uh he's from volley golf v-o-l-l-e dot golf a kiwi golf ball manufacturer go on there they're not hiding behind stats they're not selling snake oil they've put the true test analytics results of the the top of the range expensive ones and their ones and they stack up and the young bug has given it a crack in New Zealand, and we absolutely love that. So, Kyle, I really appreciate you coming in. Hang on, hang on. I've got more questions. Got more questions. Uh, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Cheapest chips. I'm in. Although I lost two in the water at North Shore last week, they're bloody marvellous. Nice work, lads. So there's another, there's there <laughs> another one. So, yeah, Kyle, all the, all the very best. And, um, you know, these. There's no creases in your in the shirt, you know. It looks like you've you've done the hard work. So let's hope you kick on. It's a cool story. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. New sport and weather. We'll come back after that. Fascinating chat. What a what a cool Kiwi made story. And um, very kindly he's left me and Sammy with some golf balls to try out. Um, I just love that. Love supporting New Zealanders with a little bit of initiative. They're taking big risks. They've forked out their, their coin. Um, let's hope it all works out well for them. Just fantastic. Um, Steve said, this is brilliant. Christmas presents all sorted. Cheers, Steve Auckland. It's a great gift. And I've, I've actually got a box of them sitting right next to me. That, they look designer, like they've done a really good job with their branding, with their packaging, the whole shebang. So we do wish Volley Golf all the very best. Um, cool. Can they design a floating golf ball from Sean? I know what you're saying, Sean. I do know what you're saying. Um, if you want to play Show Me The Money, call now. Call right now. 0800 150 811, our weekly investment, along with one lucky listener. 0800-150-811 to play Show Me The Money, four-leg multi. That is also the number you ring for phone calls for our uh, Able Living Caller of the Month. Um, if you are SENZ's Caller of the Month, and in Afternoons with Staffy Caller was last month, this month they are putting up a Charmate Colt 48 smoker and barbecue. And I meant to, before I read that out, I meant to look up what the 48 means. I'm thinking it's going to be 48 burners. It's their 48th model. 
Um, it's great for 48-year-olds. What's that 48? The Charmate Colt 48 Smoker and Barbecue. I bet you it's an absolute gem. Absolute gem. So that's the Able Living Caller of the Month prize. And while I'm at it, Sunday's Dog Speed. You want to get yourself involved Dog Speed, it's a good old Greyhound chat. Dan Roberts, who we spoke to before, um, he co-hosts with Mark Rosinowski. It's on every Sunday afternoon. Don't miss a beat with Dog Speed. And actually, Dan Roberts, who we had, and he gave us a couple of tips. He said, Staff, he's texting the show. And he said, Staff, I forgot to mention, race of the day today is race 10 at Cambridge. It's a rematch of Pedro Lee against Majestic Legend. I reckon Pedro Lee can turn the tables today. That's from Dan. And I think the favourite is Majestic Legend at about $1.80, and Pedro Lee's about two twenty. And Dan Roberts says Pedro Lee turns the tables. Turns the tables. There we go. Um, we're going to play now or after the break, Sam? Show me the money. We're going to play now. Show you the money. Kane has said as long as Izzy doesn't use them, he'll make them look bad. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> That's Kane. harsh. Izzy's actually a very, very good golfer. Very good golfer. Hits it a long, long way. Show me the money. It's leg by leg by leg. And joining us is whom, uh, boys, that with a full board of calls once again. Oh. And you spin a wheel. I know you spin a wheel. Two, yeah, two chances to win with this and uh, the vault coming up very shortly. Uh, we've spun the wheel. It's landed on line number three, I think, which is John from uh, Christchurch. John. G'day. How you going, big guy? I'm doing well, mate. How are you doing? Damn fine. Damn fine. Me, Sam, Captain K, we pick a leg, you pick a leg. About time we had a win, fellas, I reckon. Let's so, go. Uh, yeah. That's definitely about time, John. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, my friend. It's going to come in one day. Uh, where do we start? Should we start with Captain K today? Start with Captain yeah, K. Off He's the long in form. He's in form. First bowler off the rack. Boys, look, I've, uh, I've been enjoying the FIFA World Cup. And that is where I'm going to stick. Uh, I was going to go very bold and take away the favourites and take Croatia at $9 to beat Brazil. But uh, number three is my lucky number. So I'm going to stick to the team I know, my team in the sweepstake, uh, Portugal. Portugal taking on Morocco on Saturday. $1.57. Lock it in, Sammy. Oh, just straight head to head? Head to head. Lock it in. Okay. Lock it in. Yeah. Get us underway. Get us underway with a little dollar fifty-seven uh, dot ball. I'd say, Steph, just a dot ball, first ball. <laughs> no, I just think it's a comfortable wide. single. It's a comfortable single. Okay, it's a Appreciate long on, just Steph. sort of trot yeah, through. Okay, off the mark, off the mark is, is probably fair. Um, I'll go next, shall I? Um, yeah. Right now, hit a winner last week with me and HL tip. Oh so no, I thought kidding. I'd, yeah, so I thought I'd go Why back. Why don't you to, bring it up again, Bagover? Okay, it's just going to say I'm going back oh. to what I know. Okay, um, going back to what I well now I don't know if I want to do it. Now I want to do something else. Um, <laughs> No, I'm going to stick with the NHL. I'm going to go tomorrow. Uh, the Dallas Stars are playing the Ottawa Senators in Dallas. Dallas are second in the comp in the West. Ottawa are dead last in the East. Uh, not going to take them head-to-head, though. I'm going to take Dallas with the minus one-and-a-half goal start because uh, the empty netter um, at $2.20. Show me the money. There you go. Mm. <sighs> okay. Do I go conservative or do I go slightly longer? I go... 
I'm going to go super, probably the most conservative I've ever been on Show Me The Money, and that means our great our great man who's holding online, he can go large, little, whatever he wants. Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, NFL, my Bills win $1.22. Yes. I'm just trying to find it that's on a, here. In cricket parlance, that's a leave. <laughs> but it's not out, but it's no run. $1.22. I don't know if it deserves it, but we'll, but we'll do that anyway. Yeah, show me the five cent piece. So uh, we're currently at $4.21. That's all right. John, and it's over to you. All right. Well, <laughs> I did have a good one lined up, but um, I actually reckon that uh, to be a little bit more conservative, I had a $23 one lined up actually in Argentina, but. Gee, oh, why not? <laughs> right up. That. Let me tell you what that is. One second. It's actually quite a good interview. Um, it is. <laughs> You're going to love this, Steph. She's a goodie. You know I am. Rightio. So where are we? One moment, please. Uh, um, is this a power play, is it? Yep. There's a power play. Right so Argentina win. Yep. Argentina most corners in each half and Argentina most shots on goals. 23 bucks. Let's go it. Yes, boy. That's not bad against <laughs> against the Netherlands at twenty three bucks. Um, we'll put it, it's definitely ballooned this total somewhat, John. So ninety six ninety one overall. We put a fifty dollar bonus bet on that, and we get four thousand seven hundred ninety five dollars and ninety six cents. John knows what it's about. Oh yes, boy. Oh, this is twenty three dollars. That's actually. That's that, that that's doable. I'll tell you something. There was one I was looking at last um, Brazil, uh, the Brazil um, Croatia game. Two corners and two shots on goal for both teams each half, and that was seventy six bucks. Wow! And what's the chance? That's quite a high chance of that happening. Well, you'd think it's Not better than much. one in seventy six chance, wouldn't you? If they played seventy six games against each other, you'd think it'd happen more than once. Yeah, two corners each per half, not that many, and two shots on goal. It's not too bad. I think I think it's already dropped to fifty one today, but it's seventy six last night. It's not bad. Jeez, John, we need you on every week. You you you're a man with no fear. Yeah, you're coming home, mate. That's us, we're open, boys. Let's go. Oh, can't wait. Fantastic. Thank you, John. We'll ride Good that. We will ride that home all week. Um, you you soccer football aficionados, chances of Argentina doing all of those things that equals $23, that, that, that's doable? Um, I have to say it's doable. Kez, you, you've been following it a lot closer than us. John's tip there with the, the corners and the goals. You know what? When he said $23, I had Argentina-Croatia. Oh, sorry, not Argentina-Croatia. Who are they Brazil, playing? Argentina, Netherlands. Argentina-Netherlands. The Netherlands. I had that open, and I saw it straight away. And I couldn't believe that that is twenty three dollars. Really? I re- like I, I'm not the not the biggest punter in the world, but I would probably give that ten bucks. You know, at yeah, a max, twenty three bucks. Why That's not? double it. That is value, and brave too as well. Mm. Love it. Yeah, I absolutely love that. All right. Oh, geez, time is ticking. It's two forty three. Ring up for the vault. It's a four hundred dollar TAB bonus bet. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. You get three questions today. Good luck. Call us. Three questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault?
Right, we have had a number of text messages through the show, people saying, I know what it is, I know what it is. So I hope one of these 10 callers that are all on hold spin the wheel, Captain K. He spun it. And it's landed He's on. holding up a number. Number two. Number two. My number two, which I think is Bruce. Bruce from Christchurch. G'day, Bruce. Yeah, gentlemen, just closing the roller door here. Well, that's okay. Right, roll the dice. You get three yes, no questions, buddy. Okay. Um, don't know. Tried to do a bit of homework. Tried to listen. Um, <laughs> is this um, the second match of a three-match series? Ooh. Of a three-match... I have to write these down, you see. Series... Second match of a three-match series. Sam doesn't know, so he's having to look it up. No, it is not. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) There we are. Next. Well, that puts a spanner on that works. It does. You get two more questions, though. Um... So, he, so here's what here's what I think you need to do. You need to narrow it down. If you don't know now, narrow it down with two questions. Um, um, gosh, I know who it's against. I know what it is. Um, is this in the... 2004, 2005 series. Series or season? Summer. Are you uh, saying summer? Season. 2004, 5 summer? That's what he's saying. Is it the 2004, well, 2005 summer? Is that what you're saying? Or is it in 2005 calendar year? Because there's two. It's too confusing for me. You're going to have to. Work. Is this uh, in 2005 calendar year? There we go. Did it happen in 2005? Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, 2005. There we are. Um, We've got the year, the teams, the format. One more. Get the grey matter going here. Jeez, um, I know the question I'd ask. I know the question I'd ask. And I don't know what the answer is. We are, um, are going to need something, Bruce. We're running out of time. Okay, was it played? At Eden Park. Yes. Oh! Yes! Now you'll guess. No, I don't know if I will. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, and you've got about 20 seconds. Um, well, uh, okay, well, it's got to be, um, gosh. 10. Okay, well, the third, the third ODI between Australia and New Zealand um, at Eden Park. Five. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. 
Right, that, I'll put that into the into the vault combination. <laughs> it won't be enough. It won't be enough. That's not enough. That we're oh. at four fifty tomorrow. Thank you for having a go, Bruce. Okay, guys. Cheers, Thank buddy. You. Oh, it's at Eden Park in two thousand and five. Someone's getting it tomorrow. Then someone's getting it tomorrow. I'm going to have a debate with Sam over our final over our final ad break before we go to the run home. Whether I'm allowed to give a clue. Whether I'm allowed to give a clue. Okay, uh, stick with us. The listeners have spoken. No clue. No clue. On this day in December the 8th, 1906, it was the first South African rugby union team abroad back on this day. First to wear the Springbok emblem, and it was a scintillating match, finishing 3 all against England. In 1961, Wilt Chamberlain scored 78 points against the Philadelphia Warriors in a 151-147 loss. Birthdays today, uh, Ian Johnson is Aussie Test captain, died in 98, but he's born in 1941. Uh, Jeff Hurst turns 81 today, 60 years old today, Elk, Steve Elkington, the Aussie golfer, and Sebastian Chabal, the French back rower, turns 45 today. On this day in 1976, the number one movie was Silver Streak, and the number one song was this. $400 vault tomorrow for all those people texting in the guesses. Um, 95% of you are wrong. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to go tomorrow, but tune in and have a go. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks, Captain Kate.